right, it looks like we are back with episode number four. Everybody loves pudding. Uh, this episode, we're going to tackle something that was addressed uh, kind of in some comments and you know some folks that have listened to our previous ones like, hey, well, we're missing something in this, this list. Where are all of the women in our list? And I was like, if you, you know, in my list, there, there really weren't any. Um, so. I was quick to point out I had one. So, barring our omissions, right, <laughs> uh, we decided, hey, well, why don't we look, at least for us, a- a- and get an idea on what our favorite female artists are. It's hard to really break down for our tastes what the same time frame would have been. Absolutely. That's what we were discussing previously. So, 1990, 1995, and we want to do a top 10 list for female artists, that's going to be pretty rough to do. Um, Especially if we stay true to to something so specific in genre. Now, admittedly, we didn't really stay true to, to that specific genre when we did our top 20 list. But even if we were to widen the search a little bit to just generally female artists that we considered to be the best it's admittedly just a little more difficult for us to to find that list just from what we've listened to and what we've liked yeah i've always been a big a big grunge um, metal and i and you just don't see a lot of female artists in that genre Um, a lot of the more popular artists if you look at the current times you know maybe the 80s 90s today a lot of those are pop, are, are uh, pop artists, not all, but a lot of the more popular female artists are pop artists, and that's just not that's just not my my cup of tea, I guess you could say. So that's why it was hard for me to come up with artists in that time frame, at least, that were in the top 10, 20 list. And while I have a, a great interest in a variety of different types of music, I, I like pop, I like country sometimes, I like uh, you know a little bit of everything. But even then, if I have to be true to myself, it's like, well, do I like it enough that I would put it in my playlist and I play it regularly? A lot of those uh, artists that are considered to be great and I would have to acknowledge would be great would still be left. I mean, you know, I was just speaking to uh, uh, to my co-host here a little bit earlier about that and talking about, hey, Madonna, she was incredible. She did a lot. I never listened to her. Not really my thing and just not... It doesn't, that type of music doesn't speak to me. Of course, that could be partially due to the fact that one of my early movie watching experiences, I was taken to the theater by my father to see Desperately Seeking Susan, which as a 10-year-old boy makes absolutely no sense and may have put a certain amount of rage into the back of my mind that automatically associates with Madonna for no fair reason <laughs> whatsoever. For a second there, I thought you were going to say Dick Tracy. No, no, I Which, loved Dick Tracy. That was fun. But she, it had already been ruined for me uh, with Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, and I remember, I, I, I can think of, for go, I guess going back to Madonna, sitting in my grandparents' house, sitting, gosh, we were, I was in a, out in the garage, which would which was converted from a garage to a place that my grandfather would sit in a chair and just like chill and watch TV, a small little, I think 13 inch TV. And they had a cable, which I never had cable. And there were uh, some videos on, on MTV. And one of them was Vogue. 
I think. I was like, this is weird. Okay, whatever. And that like that was the end, that was the end of it. So like that's my exposure to Madonna when I was at least younger. Of course, she's all over the place now. But. Well, yeah, and and uh, like I said, she's she's obviously made great contributions. She's obviously a good artist. It's just one of those things. So, with that in mind, how did you? filter your top 10 list what were you looking at in considerations for artists well i'll go back to what you discussed a little bit in that would i have this on my phone in, in the day and age when you can go on certain so like subscription services and like i want this artist let's put it on the phone would i have those things on my phone and would i listen to them on a regular basis and Really, the weird thing is, on my list, I only have a couple of them on my phone right now. But it, it I think it goes back to, would I put them on my phone? Uh, some, some of these, like, I've actually searched for on my phone and have played the songs. I might not have downloaded them on my phone, but I have searched and I have played them recently. Um, that's That was a, a small criteria for it. But in looking at some of the more popular artists, like it was just like, uh, I think we were talking before we started recording about uh, Hole. And I can, Hole is okay, but there's just something about the band. I don't know. Just, I, it's not, I couldn't see it as one of my favorites, you know? Maybe a song is good. Mm, absolutely. That's about it. I, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Um, I, have a great love for the entire alternative start and music and, and the blossoming of so many different bands. And I've had some people, I think kind of unfairly kind of call whole like the Yoko Ono of, of the alternative, which I think is unfair, but it's, it's certainly true to say that the impact that that band had on the, scene was drastically lower than say nirvana which uh which uh they're going to be forever intertwined with and it's not a fair comparison uh both for when the bands really gained notoriety and fame but also what they were able to really bring to the table at the time yeah and the search criteria it's just like kind of it, it's hard to explain when you look at all the artists and in trying to compile this list uh, you, you look at the list you can, you can look at thousands of lists of like the top 50 artists top 50 albums top whatever and you look at it you're like yeah okay yeah like i wanted to see something that like excite me like oh okay yeah yeah now we're getting somewhere on this and that's was one of the things that i kind of looked at too it's just kind of something that in your mind there was no direct rationale for just like yeah i like them more than the other ones that's hard to explain but i think everybody gets that i tried to go with a a, a similar direction though slightly different um for my list because i have uh such an obsessive personality at times and i have a great uh interest in so many types of music and so many artists um I knew that if I tried to just come up with a standard top 10, I would have to, since we didn't do any sort of a, uh, any sort of a date range or any sort of 
any way to limit the, the artists that we were doing for this list, I had to put some sort of criteria on to be able to at least get it to the point where I could narrow it down to a smaller list. So for me, I, I looked at just two major things and one minor thing. How much do I think uh, that their voice is something that will be kind of remembered or just is amazing in some way? Uh, with that, how re-listenable is the music that they make? So uh, a lot of a lot of times, I mean, and going back to Madonna, the the reason that a lot of people like her is that a lot of her songs are very catchy. They're they're very re-listenable for the people that it links to. They're going to listen to it a lot, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what I'm looking for that uh, with my music. And then kind of as a tiebreaker in case I needed that, uh, I looked at uh, the extent of their contribution to the music industry, or more specifically, just to music in general. Uh, just in case I needed it. So that allowed me to at least narrow it down to about 30 to 40 artists so I yeah. could get it down to 10. I'm real boring and nearsighted when it comes to music, and I don't expand my horizons. So it's hard for me to dig into bands in general besides outside of my, I guess, scope of favorite stuff that I like to listen to. So my list isn't all that great, but it's something to talk about. Well, That's the important thing. And, of course, the, the normal rider that we're going to attach to this is it's guaranteed that we're going to miss some people that uh, are important or that you like. And hopefully it will make you think of those people and say, hey, I would have put that person in this list. And, and I will likely agonize over the next couple of days as several artists will come to me that I didn't think of to put into this list for consideration. But, uh, you know, here we go with what we've got. Okay. So... Um, I guess we just got to start at number 10. And my number 10 is amazing. Um, I got Lords of Acid. <laughs> Excellent. A little bit of uh, techno action at your number 10. Yep. Uh, so, long, like, Lords of Acid have actually been around for a while. Quite a long time. But I, I remember one of uh, my friends had gotten Lords of Acid cd in the time that he was trying to like he listened to a lot more variety of music than what i did and he was trying to do the techno electronica type stuff and had one of those cds and listened to it and i was like yeah it's okay you know nothing crazy but they got a couple songs eh, more recently that have popped up and get played in clubs uh get played on movies and I, I guess it's more of maybe the lyrics that are in them that are drawing people to those songs, but everybody likes naughty. Yes, and they have a couple, you know, one or two songs that are just very identifiable and could be played, and pretty much everybody would identify the song, but would probably not be able to identify who the artist is for that song. But they'd identify the song. I so. think I would be one of those sad individuals. Not only would I know the song, I would know the album and <laughs> where it played in the track list. I did listen to a lot of Lords of Acid. Uh, Crab Louse specifically is a song that, you know, really I found enjoyable for maybe no good reason whatsoever. It's just, again, one of those kind of naughty songs and it's techno and it's great. I remember mm-hmm. when we were talking in a, in a different episode about the, uh, uh, the ability to go to stores and buy music, but if you're smart, you join the music club and you get several discs. Oh, yeah. That, of course, is what I did, and one of my early attempts to do that included several Lords of Acid CDs. So, you know, uh, 
the uh, our little our little secret, if I remember correctly, is the name of one of them. Where it looks like it's kind of naughty on the front, and when you open it up, you get a surprise, and it's not the surprise you're expecting, and you want to close the <laughs> the <laughs> lid close, immediately. Close those liner notes. Uh, uh, I'm no longer interested in that. Or uh, Voodoo U, which had mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, uh, demonesses, I guess you could call it, with yes, uh, n- no clothing. And in my younger mind, it's like, oh, that's naughty. <laughs> but you gotta, gotta give me some additional information. But beyond that, if it was just the the fronts, uh, you know, obviously they wouldn't need to be on a list. But they're actually, really good. The beats are catchy. The mm-hmm. the lyrics, while not Shakespearean by any stretch of the imagination, are clever often. And uh, you don't have to be in that type of music, no, I think. It just no. has to be, uh, if you're going to do electronica or techno of some sort, it just has to have the good beats behind it. And whatever repeats or goes over the top from a voice standpoint is is gravy after that. Absolutely. I, I, am a, I am a fan of theirs. They didn't quite hit my top. And as I mentioned, several artists often slip by. That's one of the ones that slipped by me. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even put yeah. it in my list. But I don't feel bad. They would not have made the top ten. So, number 10 for me is uh, kind of a legend in music, and most everybody knows at least one song that she's done, but pretty much everything that I ever hear her sing makes me happy, uh, and that's Aretha Franklin. Mm. Her voice is amazing. Uh, her little stint in the Blues Brothers movie uh, still makes me giggle every single time, and seeing her perform live is always one of those uh, wonderful things. I've never had the luck to actually be there physically when she performs live, but uh, the recordings that I've seen, she's as amazing live as she is in recordings, and she has the ability to instill emotion in her voice without making it sound like it's um, uh, like a, a movie's attempt to to be a tearjerker. It's just it's just it's empathy without forcing it down your throat. It's it's really really visceral to me yeah she got the good stuff so when you when i was talking about looking at the list and like oh my gosh there's 50 people on here and i'm like man man diana ross was was uh no not diana ross uh (laughs) i uh anita baker anita baker Uh, anita baker whoever so all these artists have caught my list in that type of um would you call it motown you think? Yeah, or? you could call that Motown. Yeah. At, at the very least, it's heavy R&B, uh, blues-influenced Yeah, so Aretha soul. Franklin was probably like, recently they did something that was more like the original Divas, right? Mm, that sounds familiar. Which, and she was in there with a couple other people. Once again, something that I wouldn't necessarily sit in front of the TV and watch, but it happened to be on because other people were watching it type thing. But I think she was labeled in there as one of the original divas. And it's sort of fair. I've heard some stories here and there, but I think she's earned the ability to call her shots with a, with a voice like that to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Absolutely. All right, so the reason I got distracted and I said Diana Ross is because my next choice is the Supremes. The Supremes are a good choice. Yeah, so just... I mean, gosh, that's how... How long ago was that music for us? That was like the 60s. The 60s to 70s? Yeah, right in that frame. And I can dig me any type of music from that era in general, but the Motown stuff, 
that's good stuff to listen to. I don't mind. I don't mind putting that on, letting that go. And that I'm not a big. I, I like to listen to albums on their individual basis. But if you just look at the number ones from the Supremes, the, the list is just gigantic. And most people maybe would not recognize the title, but you play 15 minutes seconds of that song and you're going to recognize that song like oh, that's immediately that think about the movie that it was in that you saw it in yes yeah exactly so like those those songs from them they just get played a lot they get covered from time to time they get sampled so it's just i don't know good stuff for me it's definitely solid i i considered putting them on the list very briefly but they because of that overexposure they almost seem like the equivalent of elevator music to me is in the background. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have that same kind of uh, emotional tag anymore that a lot of times you get by putting a, a piece of music in a movie. It doesn't elicit anything from me, even when it's paired with a very specific type of scene. Uh, and it may be that's a great indicator of how good it is just because it's been played so much. Yeah, right. Like low key, but not. Uh, mm-hmm. Not distracting, but recognizable, that type of thing. Undeniable that uh, that uh, they they had some really excellent, excellent songs. And, of course, the, the, the vocal quality was, uh, you know, pretty superb. Yeah, top notch. Well, for uh, number nine, this is uh, somebody that I almost had in uh, the previous episode's list. Uh, she didn't quite hit the top 20 of the time period, but was on under consideration and uh, is when considered in whole for all the music that she has made one of my all-time favorites uh, and that's Cheryl Crow. Um, her voice is clear but it has enough grit to it to really have uh, have something that that I really dig. I love love people to have a little bit of uh, grit in their voice but um, she does such a variety of different types of music. I mean, if for me, if I want to be in a good mood, there's a handful of songs I can listen to that will just kind of immediately put me into a good mood. And so like soak up the sun for me. And I can listen to that anytime and I will be in a good mood. Uh, or if I want to, if I'm kind of in a, in a, a deeper mood, something like we do what we can uh, always plays in my mind. Just the, the way that she you wouldn't consider her to be somebody that would sample sounds or other music into her music, but she has several instances where she brings bits of uh, television or whatever into it, and it creates a kind of an interesting feel to it. Well, I, I think you can tell that she's evolved a little bit, so she's changed her sound, and she's tried to keep up. Maybe, I'm, I'm not saying stay relevant, but adapt with the times as... Her music tastes have changed on her own, and she's she's got like a distinct, I think, quality that kind of goes from year to year to year. And it's not always. Sometimes it's it's the poppy stuff. Sometimes it's more of like the laid back stuff. Like so she's got a good mix of everything. And one of the things that I find interesting for any artist, no artist is going to have just a one hundred percent record. Every song is spectacular, at least none that I can think of. At the very least, there's going to be some that you'll just go, well, that's okay. Yeah, uh, but to me, it's a, a great artist that can have that major misstep on a song and still go. Yeah, I still love them even with that. Maybe not that song. <laughs> I seem to remember her pairing with Kid Rock and that song 
made me want to uh, just plug my ears with wax for a while. Yeah, what was that song? Gosh, that was a while ago. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember what that song was. Uh, uh, be thankful that you don't remember yes, what that song I, was. I, I absolutely remember what you're talking about. I just can't. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, in theory, you would think it out like, a little okay, bit, you know, well, she's great. Kid Rock's good, often. Together, no, nah, not, so not so much. It was a nice try. They were trying to branch out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, next on my list here Bring is you number eight. Yes, number eight. That is number eight. So this one's this one may surprise you, according to my list and the type of music that I like to listen to, but I've got Patsy Cline on here. Really. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I thought you hated country. I do hate country music. Um, but Patsy Cline is... So, I've always said I hate country music with a caveat. Like, if it's made in the like the 50s and 60s, I can deal with some country music. But the more, like, the more modern that country music has gotten, the worse it's gotten. Like, 80s was, like, that weird... Randy Travis, Reba McIntyre type stuff, and it just has progressed into some just amazingly awful stuff right now. But back then, I just think it was a different type of a different type of country music. Like it's just, I, I don't know. I'll Maybe. definitely agree. It was a different type. I mean, over the years, the the transformation that that country has gone through, they've just they've just tried to adapt certain pop sensibilities into their songs because there's only so many. Only so many songs that you can have about your truck and the and the dog and I need to go get a beer. Well, no, actually, probably there isn't. They still make songs about that. But yeah, uh, in order to maintain uh, the audience and to evolve as as a bit of music, you have to try to do something. I I don't have as much of a problem with the changes that have happened to music. I started early in my life hating country music pretty hard, but. It has softened over the years to some extent. Um, my, my usual thing is if it has too much twang in it, I tend to have a little bit of an issue. Um, if, it, if, it, so if it has a washboard as any portion of the song, a yeah. <laughs> straight out. I'm not going to listen to what it. What if it's got a mandolin? Is that acceptable? <laughs> mandolin is definitely acceptable. Okay. Mandolin's awesome. But uh, no, I Patsy Cline never did it for me i i tried her voice was amazing but it's still that early mm-hmm. early country and it and it's just like yeah i want to do anything other than listen to this right now and she had a, she had a, sh- a short run you know so it's not like she inundated the airwaves but if you look at soundtracks for movies and and Oh my gosh, like her songs are just littered across movie soundtracks. I mean, she has, they, they made a movie about her life too. So I, I think it's all about the the voice that she had and the, the, I think the potential that she had. Was that Coal Miner's Daughter? Am I remembering that right? Or is that somebody else? No, I, I was... I can't. I was trying to look at the what the, the movie. what the name of the movie was, and I that that's the fault of me not knowing my country movies very well. That that is the only country movie that I know the name of. Yeah, Cole, Cole Myers' daughter. She might have had a sound a piece in the soundtrack from it, but I can't. Gosh, I just can't remember 
the, what the name of that movie was. Gosh, who somebody liked that? Like my, it was one of my mom's favorite movies. I can't remember that and Doctor Chivago, <laughs> but that's a different story. Interesting pairing. Yeah, um, no, I can't remember what that name is. I'll probably for remember it here after we're done with our talk. I'm like, oh yeah, that was the name of the movie. Oops. Nah, not a big deal. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh... Let's pull it from one woman that uh, did not have a very long run in the music business to a different woman that did not have a very long run in the music business. My number eight is Amy Winehouse. Um, I, at first, probably like everybody else, had uh, only heard Rehab. And that song very quickly started to drive me insane when I heard it and still drives my wife insane to a certain extent okay. just from the replay overplay yeah. uh, but because of that I, I for the longest time just did not look at any of her other music uh, and I just happened to chance across one of her CDs unfortunately well after she had passed away and was kind of stunned so i couldn't believe i had missed out just because of that one song and how amazing her voice was she was clear she was uh she was deep she had the ability to control but not the not the um intent to try and go across 50 different notes in in the process of going from one to the other just to show off Mm -hmm. uh and it, it was and her live stuff was spectacular. Um, I was uh, I was always very impressed by that. Uh, specifically, uh, she's got a live version of a song uh, "Back to Black" that just makes me just gives me chills every time I every time I hear it. Um, Heard good things about Amy Winehouse and kind of what we discussed before, which was I. Her talent is probably like it's never been doubted or just disputed. Not my cup of tea. It's kind of like uh, Fiona Apple, right? So she had her own thing with you know she's a great vocals, great artist as far as creating music, good with with uh, piano, like different style of music than the what we're used to listen to, but just never got into it and never. Now I never tried. Right, I never like. Oh, let me just play this album five times and see if I like it. I never even tried to do that. Everything I've ever read about Amy Winehouse and the, her short, like, couple albums that she's had is that they're great. They're just great. Truth, truthfully, I mean, we've talked about from the albums that you can listen to from the beginning to end, and they're all good. That's kind of it. And she, I, I would have been curious to see what she could have done in the future if she would have just burned out and her best stuff was at the beginning and then she would have just fizzled. But at least for what she had, it was spectacular. Hmm. Now we'll get back to Fiona Apple in her in a minute. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought. But Okay, so I've got a, an interesting, well, not interesting, but the next one. So we're at, what, at 7, 10, 9, 8, 7. So I've got the Donna's. Interesting, absolutely. Uh, I would say that's an interesting choice. Why so? Just because they are kind of so that's to an extent a lot of these artists that we looked at and and maybe even further on on the list are uh, a female and like she's writing and like it's her music and it's her, right? Maybe she's got a band that she hires and brings in, or maybe it's in a band and 
she sings, and then the band's all guys. But at least the Donna's, it's all it's all girls. So like across the board, you get you get every bit of the art is we're talking about female bands and female artists like the Supremes. Sure, I mean they are all they are all all women as well. But with the Donna's, it's the same thing. But you know, it's everybody's. It's not some guy playing the drums or some guy playing the guitar. It's 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 all women playing the instruments and doing the whole music and all that stuff. Plus, I like the music. Um, well, it's I've, peppy usually. Yeah, I, I've mentioned before that I've. I maybe even on this podcast, but I actually seen the Donna's live. We went to go see um, the with Jane's Addiction. Shoot, uh, Lollapalooza when Jane's Addiction was actually headlining Lollapalooza, and they don't do that a whole lot anymore. We really went to go see Audio Slave. That was our goal, and we couldn't we could care less about anybody else. But the Donna's played, and they were before Audio Slave, of course, and they great. They're a great live show. They're probably, arguably, the best thing that we saw. Um, Audio Slave was great, but Jane's Addiction, we just left when they came on. Oh, but, are you kidding but, me? But uh, the Donnas were great, and they've got good songs, and they're kind of you know, a little bit more up-tempo, a little more rock and roll with a little poppy stuff in there, too, like a mix of stuff. I don't know. I just Them I can get behind. Uh, for the, the Donnas, for me, they're they're fun to have in the background. Uh, none, there's not a single Donna song that I go, man, I would love to have that on one of my mixes. It's 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 nice, but nothing that really ever struck out to me. And that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that it's just for whatever reason it it just didn't hit me right. But it always felt to me, in some respects, that they didn't commit. Uh, they weren't poppy enough to be pop. They weren't rock enough to be rock. They didn't quite hit any specific style. And and it blended. It's not like it was disjointed or anything. Mm-hmm. It sounded fine. But because of that, it I guess maybe that's why it didn't register in my mind in any specific category that goes, ah, this is a rock band I really like. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Because you're right, it's not really identifiable. Maybe that's the draw, is that sometimes it's not just one particular style. But... Maybe it is. It's unique. So I'm going to go to a bit of a, I don't know if about a, a deeper cut on this one, but certainly one that a lot of people wouldn't have on their top 10 lists. And I think it's mainly just mainly just that there's such a glut of great female artists out there that the limited scope of this person's work um, maybe doesn't put them in contention in a lot of people's minds. But uh, uh, Nika Costa. Um she only has one CD, to my knowledge, that she released, but it's one that I played over and over and over and over again for a variety of, of different reasons. Uh, she looks like she's about a 90-pound redheaded white woman with the, the deep voice of a soul singer, and she has a certain sensuality to her sound and what she does without it being in the lyrics or being the draw for what she's doing. Uh, the big hit that she had was uh, Like a Feather, and it was kind of a psychedelic video that the whole thing was just basically her, her dancing in front of a microphone, and it was a mesmerizing video every time I watched it because she could move, and there was a lot of lights and stuff going on with it too, and the, and the song was spectacular. So I immediately had to get that disc, whatever it was, 
and I listen to the rest of it, and it's got elements of funk and R&B and uh, rock and pop in there, and she she has, you know, just an excellent range, and I just loved that disc. Um, I've, I've heard of her. <laughs> well, like I said, then, 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 yeah, a little deeper cut. Yeah, no, I'd, that's about as far as I can go. Um, I've, I've heard of her. I imagine... I feel like that song, if I heard that song, I might, for some reason, your description of her and the video just sounds familiar. Like I've seen it once or twice before. I would be surprised if you hadn't. It did get quite a bit of play when it was on the channels, when there were channels that actually played music. But we'll get to that in a different episode. Different discussion. So, have heard of, but if you... If you played it on the radio and said, who is this? Clueless. Talking about homework for the episode, there's the homework for this episode. There's the homework right there. Go find Nick Acosta and listen to her. She is great. Yeah, mine aren't really super obscure. Most of my choices, yeah. Um, So my next one, though, is... Let's call it... Not cheating, but it it works. I've I've got garbage on here. That's not cheating. It's the it's seen as a, a band with a lead singer that's a female. I mean, yeah, and well, it, I don't think it always was. So garbage is garbage has been around for quite some time, if I'm not mistaken. But didn't always have Shirley Manson really singing. So that was when, gosh, if I remember reading on it a while ago, it was the producer who did a lot of stuff for bands like Nirvana and other similar, not grunge, but just like grunge alternative, like that type in that era suggested making a change. And they went with her and took off after that. That seems to make sense to me. I loved, uh, I loved garbage. In fact, garbage was on my list. Didn't quite make the top 10, but, uh, it's, it's hard not, uh, to think about it in our previous list that we were doing with, uh, bands in the uh, grunge era that that was one i was looking at considering <laughs> yeah and and they had a good a unique sound right so the i i think the 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 actual music piece was very recognizable but when you throw in just a voice like that it just it's different because all the grunge stuff that you really ever heard or the alternative stuff you really ever heard was for the most part, I'm generalizing here, but like guys singing with a raspy or a yelly type voice. That's so it's, fair. It's good, to, it's good to switch it up a little bit. And that was one of the best interpretations right there, switching it up. Well, not, not just that. One of the interesting things about Garbage, at least the Garbage that I know that has her as the, the lead singer, um, they, while it had the underpinnings of, of the alternative sound, the... Uh, the guitars with distortion, that faster beat, uh, a lot more to it. You still actually heard a lot of pop. There was yes. some synthesizer, and if it wasn't synthesizer, it could have could have fooled me. Sort of a sort of a sound. I mean, uh, I think I'm paranoid. Had that running all through the background uh, of the song, and that's why I think it stuck in so many people's minds as long as it did. Yeah, and the pop. Hey, the pop makes that money. So you introduce a sprinkle of that. You're going to keep going because now you got money to make more albums. Hey, just talk to Green Day. They understand that. Absolutely, they do. <laughs> um, well, my number six, 
we're going to sway in, I'm guessing, the only time we're going to sway in this direction. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started about the types of musicians that made it onto our list. And I said for me, I have such a wide range of music. I like so many types of artists, but certain ones just don't hit the top 10 just because even though they're really good, the re the re-listenability to it is just not quite so much for me. But this is an exception, and I put Missy Elliott in at number six. She has the ability to hold my attention pretty much any time. And the work that she did with Timberland and Magoo and uh, Aaliyah and Genuine and the almost intermingling of their styles between it and how they rubbed off and worked on each other's stuff it just made all of their music better but no matter what her voice was at the forefront of so much of it it was immediately recognizable she had a way with words she coined phrases and and just managed to find a way to affect pop culture in in a great degree and i, I loved her stuff well i'll almost i'll, I'll... I'll almost kind of compare her to Dr. Dre in, in the extent that she, like, her big hat right now is producer, if I'm not mistaken. So she's the one that kind of takes the reins on some of these albums and artists that you see now and makes them who they are. And when you when you hear her voice on a track or an album, you you pick up a little bit of the attention when you hear that on them. Although one kind of interesting point, I just read that she's going to be on tour here coming up very shortly. Yeah, she did a new uh, album recently. Eh, not not like immediately, but like recently she's done one. So she's still making music. Um, you know, she did the carpool karaoke, I think, with uh, James Corden. So she's getting her stuff out there still, and she's evolved, and she keeps she keeps going like any of the lists that you see out there. And I, I really wanted to find somebody who was like that hip hop artist. And I, I like Missy Elliott. I, I like the fact that she produces a lot of other people's music. That's awesome. That's, that takes it to a different level right there, but it's just, it's just something I couldn't, there's the attention grabber, which is great, but like it just, she just doesn't, I don't know. Doesn't for maintain me. for you. Yep. Not for me. And I'm not being picky. I'm just being... No, never. Never would you <laughs> never be picky. Be picky. Alright, so the next one, we're so about halfway done here, right? So the next one I got on the list is White Stripes. Hmm. Are we that, cheating again, kind of? That one's cheating. I guess there's no vocals in that, but half the band is. Well, yeah, when there's two people. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll let it slide. Yes. She is she is awesome though, and and I and I feel like that that's super cheating. But it's I'm trying to work. I'm trying to we weasel my way out of this, and I can't really do it. Um, I don't think you really need to. We didn't specify that it had to be a vocalist or anything. And when it comes to the instrumentation that she did, she was always she was the backbone of of the group. And if you've listened to anything that he's done on his own after she's left, it's just. I'm not going to say it's hollow, but it's missing, I feel, in a lot of ways, a, a lot of the, the style. Yeah, um, it worked well as a pair. And yeah. I think apart, apart, you know, I guess she didn't really do, maybe I'm ignorant, and maybe maybe she has done stuff on her own, and we just I just don't know about it. I don't think she has, but uh, when they were a duo, they were 
I think something that went from a weird combo to a poppy to like a a mix of things. So like it's an interesting when you just have two people and that's your band. So I know that surprised the heck out of me the first time I found it. Oh, it's just two people, huh? Oh, okay. Uh, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of going back to some of the other people on our list with uh, like when we looked at Lenny Kravitz and how he recorded some of his albums and he recorded all the instruments on all the songs on some of his albums, you know? So it's just like track, lay down a track, put the other track down. I just don't get how they do it so well without the surrounding or the supporting instrumentation. And they just... Going back to the old... uh composers uh you know long long time ago that heard the entire symphony in their mind before they ever even put down the first pen stroke onto the page mm-hmm. uh, maybe the level that they're at i don't i don't know if i would necessarily go with that that route with the, the white stripes but no but uh i'm just trying to figure out the how did they do it type thing yeah definitely well the, that's the neat thing once you dedicate your life to 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 your passion your calling your I would hope you would at least be confident, and they were well above confident, excellent, truthfully. Yeah. So when I go to my number five, it's not quite cheating uh, in my mind because it's the lead singer that's female, even if the rest of the group isn't. Uh, and that's uh, Amy Lee with Evanescence. Mm, yeah. Uh, you were talking about seeing the Donnas at uh, a concert and having it be uh, – one of the best parts of the concert that you went to. I had the same kind of an experience with Evanescence going to a Mayday concert where they were with Revis and Everclear and Saliva and Stained. And I had not really listened to any of their music. It was well before Bring Me Back to Life got played to death, brought back to life, played to death again. and Many then, times. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But, you know, so they were completely new to me. And so after the initial band came on and told us that they were Revis, and then this is the lead singer of Revis, and then this is the guitarist of Revis, and then proceeded to be completely underwhelming at that particular concert. I apologize if any members of Revis or any major fans of Revis are listening, but at that point that was the impression that it gave to me, (laughs) that it was less than impressive to be rescued immediately thereafter by Evanescence, who put on a hell of a performance and had energy and rocked and were super heavy. And then to buy their CD and to hear that their songs that they had played at the concert that were on the CD were slightly different, but still awesome in the way that they put forward, loved it. I, I can listen to them anytime, anytime. Was that uh, the Daredevil soundtrack? That, yeah, Bring Me Back to Life was on the Daredevil soundtrack. That's not the, <laughs> yeah, not that, the CD I bought. No. Uh, I, Although I still have that one too. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a real good choice. And one of the bands that I think I've kind of ignored when it came out because I heard that song. I was like, oh, this song is great. But then it's like a mental thing with me. It gets overplayed and I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. So if, if it got that repetition at that time frame, which songs tended to do, especially on uh, an MTV, which once when they played actual music on the, <laughs> on there, it, they played the same 10 things hour after hour after hour and just like oh my gosh I just can't do this anymore and that was one of them yes. but I 
other people had told me that the album, like that the music was great and you should listen to it. And I was like, blah, and I just ignored it. So maybe and that's something I'll have to revisit. I had laughed just a little bit because I'd seen some news story or some interview where it was said that one of her major influences was Meatloaf, which is an artist that I never really cared for. Not just be, not didn't like him. It's just, again, one of those in instances where it just didn't hit me. And it's like, oh, how did that become that? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Now I like Meatloaf just a little more. Yeah. <laughs> because Evanescence, Amy Lee, was so good. Yeah, it's always... It, seeing that band live always can change your perception or introduce you to something completely different. Rammstein was that for me. I was like, I saw them like, Juice, I, 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 gotta, I gotta get albums for these guys. They're so good. Or they can go the other way, like Oasis, where I completely stopped listening to them afterwards. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so... Now, now the list, now the list gets ridiculous. Okay. Um, You're number four. My number four, and this is great. I got I got Whitney Houston on here. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I did not mean not because that's not an aspersion to her her class and her ability. It's just him having it on his list. It is funny, and I can honestly say that. On my phone right now, I do have some Whitney Houston on my in my list of music. <laughs> now, the thing about Whitney Houston is she's got an inordinately large amount of songs that everybody knows. Definitely. And to an extent, overplayed, which kind of contradicts what I talked about. But like, I said to an extent. Well, and but it she's was got overplayed some, in the 80s. In the 80s, uh, which all there was was radio at the time. So you had to play the things on the radio there's no other method for people to listen to music she did the old star spangled banner for the super bowl which is rare i mean one of the craziest recordings ever and then that was pretty amazing uh, one of my fondest memories about a uh, trip that we had to california and this was in the um, late 90s i think when was it when yes i'm trying to think exactly when it was Late 90s, so it was probably 99, I want to say. We went to California, and we were out there for probably a week to 10 days, and we made a couple trips down to uh, Mexico, to Tijuana, and in one of the places that we visited, uh, a Whitney Houston song was part of our experience in this particular bar. So <laughs> uh, that's a story for another podcast, but... Um, I thought you were going to tell the story how you always wanted to be Kevin Costner in The Bodyguard. And the theme of that stuck with you. Because you That is the song. Always. <laughs> the, the Bodyguard is absolutely the song um, from my adventure time down there. But, uh, uh, yeah, Whitney's just... I, it, it is funny. That, that's all I can say. That's, that's she's on my list. So. Well, hey, it makes sense to me. She she was excellent. Um, she didn't quite make it on mine. I, I considered it briefly, but it, it is a testament to say that the quality of her music easily outshines the issues that she had in the public eye between her weird, weird marriage and drug issues and the the method of her death. The fact that that's not going to be remembered. The fact that she was just phenomenal whenever she performed is what gets remembered, and rightly so. Yeah, that all that 
trumps her kind of craziness at the end. Yeah, it's definitely a good thing. Well, when we get into number four on me, a lot of times it seems, even when I look at this list, I look at this list, it's like these seem like they should be out of order. And maybe in a way this number four is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Not not really because this artist, I think, has one of the best voices I've ever heard. But a lot of people just immediately write her off as like, oh, that's kind of poppy, nothing. But if you've ever seen this woman perform... She's not only excellent in voice, her choreography is always on point. She has generally a body that makes everybody envious, and that's pink. Mm. Um, I have, there's a handful of songs that she does that, uh, that I just, just really, really like. Uh, you know, the one that got away where she goes uh, acoustic and... Uh, and goes, you know, talking about relationships that really shouldn't be sort of a thing, or uh, where she gets a little naughty or something like fingers. Mm, like that one a lot. But even beyond all of that, uh, she her performances, like I said, they're always just amazing. Her voice is killer. When they did that whole remake of uh, the hit Lady Marmalade, uh, where it was her and Missy Elliott and... Um, I believe it was uh, Christina Aguilera and not Monica. Monica? I think it was Monica. If it wasn't, mm, it's yeah. somebody easily interchangeable with, with Monica. With, yes. Yeah. Uh, at least in my mind, anyway. And that's probably unfair if I'm wrong. I apologize right now. But um, in that song, even though it's kind of understated, she's easily, I think, the, the best vocalist in that song. And that's that whenever it comes to her voice, that's my favorite bit. Yeah, she's got a strong, a very strong voice. Um, I wouldn't go seeking to listen to Pink, but if it was on, it's kind of like the the neutral position. Like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, I, I don't. It's not the cheese graters as some, as I've said in the past, as some are. But her, yeah, it's okay. I, I don't have a problem with her. Yeah, she's got that grit in her voice too. That 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 little like a little hint of rasp yes. in there and the, th- the throaty yeah i love that yeah so that's no problems with pink at all um so once once again on number three for my list and going back to some of the the good stuff here i got uh miss janet jackson <laughs> we were talking a little before the show about people that I had put on my honorable mentions that would never get anywhere near my top 10 because I knew they were excellent, but I just didn't like their stuff. And I talked about Janet Jackson. What Mm. puts her on number three for you? Well, it is... You talked about the performances that she does. I've never seen a performance of her, but I hear that they're amazing. Um, Generally so, yes. I, I, I guess I'll take a cue from this one and simply from the fact that she is probably, if not my wife's favorite artist, probably top three of the favorite artists. So that puts it in my list for me. So and because it gets played a lot. Ranking by association. Ranking by association. Perfect. Right there. I like it. <laughs> uh, her songs. I mean, she's been around for how long and she's still popular to this day i mean she's got a lot of 
I, I feel like when you hear the songs on the radio, you can she's easily identifiable. A lot of the artists are, but she's easily identifiable. Her songs have a certain amount of longevity to them. Uh, they will age well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, for me, it's just they were. Part of it was, you know, when I was younger, it didn't fall into the I hate country side of things, but it was. That was still that very identifiable. If I'm going to be my own individual, I can't possibly like pop. But I eventually came around and listened to her body of work. And again, it's just one of those things. Just, wow, she's got a great voice. That song's a little peppy. All right, what else can I listen to? Yeah. And I got it going back to appreciate the talent type thing. Mm-hmm. And comes from a talented family. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. Um, and she's just kind of transcend, transcended the time frame here because she's still relevant to this day and can still go out and make music and perform if she needs to. So, Well, that talking about talent and talking about longevity brings it to my number three pretty well. Uh, uh, two individuals that are uh, make up a group that not only has a, a number of hits on their own that were easily identifiable and people generally love but they when they cover a song it's generally spectacular they've got a couple of covers of some led zeppelin songs that i think in some ways are better than the originals that would be heart Mm, yeah um i will again going back to that whole raspiness in the voice but mix that with a range that uh, I am not ashamed to admit when I try and sing along with in, in the vehicle, I can never even come close to matching. Um, they, they just rocked. They went from the early rock to, to being able to even slip in to the uh, whole alternative scene. We were talking about the mm-hmm. uh, single soundtrack uh, being one of our favorite CDs uh, a couple episodes back. And they were on it. A lot of people didn't know it mm-hmm. just because they used a, a different name. Different name, yep. But when in as the Love Mongers did a Led Zeppelin cover, and it was phenomenal. And they just have a couple songs that, uh, you know, a lot of people get revved up. We talk about heavy metals, like, oh, I want to get my blood moving. Let's listen to some heavy metal. They've got a couple. They never have to get the distortion to high levels, and they will still do it. That's the, they, they move really well. Yeah, I... Heart's good. I, I, I eyeballed them. They'd probably be just outside my top ten, I would say. When when looking at constructing this list, they were the, uh, should I? Nah. Yeah, maybe Heart. Yeah, no. And it just like they were probably in the 11 to 12 range, I would say, for my list. Well, I only have one thing to say about that. That's crazy. Crazy on you. You see what he did there? <laughs> I don't know if you did. I don't know if you saw it, but I do not promise anything about uh, puns. They will probably eventually worm their way in quite a bit. So the next, the next two on the list are more, I'd say, more uh, a stronger number on the list than any of the other ones on my list. They make more sense to me. Uh, so number two for me, I've got uh, Fleetwood Mac. They were awesome. So you know. The, obviously, Stevie Nicks is the one that kind of everybody identifies from that band. She went on and had her own uh, solo career after that as well. But just hit after hit after hit, very strong albums from the band in general. But just you, you want to, I'll go back to it, you want to look at like a, a number ones thing. Theirs has probably got 20 songs on them, and 
everybody knows 18 of the 20. So just popularity isn't everything, but when you can identify the songs and you can sing to them and you know them and you like them, like that to me, that's an easy driver on this particular band in this list is that, you know, you hear those and you hear a song from them, they get stuck in your head and you sing it the rest of the day, that type of thing. I seem to remember, and I could be wrong with this, she actually does a duet with Sheryl Crow at one point doing Landslide, I think, and it is super awesome. How many bands have done a version of Landslide? I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Smashing Pumpkins got big because they did a cover. Well, not got big. They were already big, but one of their big hits was the cover of Landslide, and it's the like again longevity those those songs will last forever in a day and yeah she she is excellent and i briefly considered her but again it's just one of those things too many good artists yeah. to go with i went to i went to high school with a girl uh and her name was rhiannon oh okay i thought you were gonna say i went to girl went to high school with a girl named landslides like that's an awful yeah. name it yeah. should never have been considered. Should have considered Rhiannon for that day. <laughs> Much better. Um, all right, so that was your number two. Number two. My number two is considered to, to kind of be a staple of, of the rock and roll scene, one of the best guitarists. Um, and if you ever get a chance to see her play slide guitar, she's amazing. Even now, I mean, she's a little older now, but... I saw her perform live on, um, was it Stephen Colbert a couple years ago? And she was amazing at that point. That's Bonnie Raitt. Hmm. And she has a voice that makes me want to cry whenever I listen to her, whether she's really intending to or not, um, just because it's, it, it is, it's, I, I can't even describe it. It's just, I, I love the sound of her voice. And if she sings a song, uh, like, I, I Can't Make You Love Me, uh, I get misty-eyed every time I hear that particular song. But uh, uh, let's give them something to talk about off the same album. It's just peppy and fun. I seem to remember it had, like, Dennis Quaid in the video for some reason. I'm not really sure why. But it didn't matter. She's just She's just amazing. Well, and the other thing we talked about with well, some of the other artists before was going through decades and transcending stuff. So, like, that's her. I mean, she's been performing for quite some time, and she's changed, yes. yet kind of stayed the same with her style of music. She's just altered it enough and progressed through the decades to kind of keep up and sell albums to people. So, I mean, she's just done a great job of changing herself, but not changing herself, I think. It's probably pretty fair. All right, so we've been talking for music about music for a little while, more specifically the awesome women, but now we've come to the drum roll inducing portion that we don't have a drum roll effect for. And we are Insert to our sound here. That's yes. right. Number one picks. Who is your number one? Okay, so this one might seem fairly obvious for me, but I've got uh, no doubt, and I've got Gwen Stefani in here. Um, as far as the bands go, when you look at I'm more of a No Doubt fan than a solo Gwen Stefani fan, I would say. But when it comes to albums and what I own and what's on my phone, the No Doubt collection of albums I've got in a, in CDs at home. I've got all the actual discs and uh, digital versions on my phone. So, so Tragic Kingdom was awesome. It just 
just tore up the tore up the charts uh, charts as far as being able to to sell albums and albums and albums and one of their they've done more recent stuff but uh, one of the last ones they did was rock steady and when you look at rock steady it's kind of more it they've always been a poppy funky not ska and they're not ska but like in that era they definitely had ska influences influences yes and it kind of moved more funky reggae style with that album so like they even just like all the good artists do they stay true to themselves but then they evolve through the course of their albums and they're just all good and and i've seen uh, the the 10 that's on this list here i've seen the donnas and i've actually seen no doubt in concert in a small venue too so Hmm. they were great they were no way to hide if you're you're not going to do well and something like that yep yep a little gosh i can't even remember how many seats are in that theater five couple thousand i don't know it's real small so you could look and see everybody i mean we were 20 rows back so it was great good concert yeah i i have to admit i always liked uh i always liked no doubt they just missed my top 10 uh gwen stefani again talking about staying power she's she's evolved she's kept current she works with other artists she had a real big hit with eve back uh, a number of years ago and and she still just looks for for ways to uh, adjust her sound and do something interesting and something fun all while having a a family and again being one of those artists that can still maintain uh, a physique that makes people uh either jealous or annoyed that they (laughs) they can't do the same thing unfortunately her family isn't quite what it used to be but she was on whatever that show on tv was where they um are we talking about another reality television show yeah good ones that's not true but the one where they listen to music and then they figure out if they like the people or not oh uh the voice the voice yes yes so she was even doing that here recently too. Yeah, uh, if I were to watch a reality television show, The Voice would still not be one that I would watch. But I like several of the individuals <laughs> that are on it. Yeah, so. it's not that enjoyable. Mm, uh, I, well, it's got big buttons and the chairs turn, and then they tell people how good they are before eventually they make them leave. Yeah, isn't that isn't that what everybody wants? Yeah. I want to be denied, and I want to look at the back of people's heads, and that's how I get denied. <laughs> All right. So now I mentioned that we would get back to this, mm-hmm. but my number one is Fiona Apple. Um, she, um, not only do I like her voice, but if you listen to her music, she has a quirky sense of, of performance and writing that I really dig. Um, there are, are, I mean, she's got the standard songs that have kind of the alternative sound. She's got the ones that have the more poppy sound. Uh, she's got ones that are just out there. If you ever hear Extraordinary Machine, it is... Extraordinary? Well, I would say so, but uh, you can't really define it. It's not alternative. It's not pop. It's just odd but in a really great kind of a way and kind of a fun way and you know the, the song criminal is you know pretty much everybody knows that one and it and it can stick with you and a lot of people even you know know the words but 
it's almost an insidious thing. You know, whereas you got the, the people who talk about like a Janet Jackson or something. Yeah, I know the song and I can probably quote the words and I can tell you exactly what it is. But Fiona Apple is almost like a worm in the back of your head and you can't quite place it, but it won't go away. And it just sticks with you. At least that's been the effect that I've seen for a lot of people. Well, I think going like the, the criminal song, I think that one does like if you hear a minute of it, you can get an idea of the song and the words of like, yeah, th- then that one sticks in your head. That mm-hmm. is one that you're like, you sing it for like, I'm singing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember her performance of that on gosh, what Saturday night live. Not that that was an amazing performance or an awful performance, but for some reason that's, I just remember her singing that on uh, Saturday night live. And I remember that song got played an awful lot, but that doesn't stick into my mind as being an overplayed song. No, no. She also has kind of a striking look for somebody that's in 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 the in the music industry. So often you get, uh, I don't know if it's a double standard or whatever, but a lot of times if you are a, a musician, uh, you're expected to be handsome or to be pretty or whatever. Or especially, well, it's a lot of the, the female artists that it's like well, I've got to be a certain kind of sexy or whatever, and she just has this look that doesn't conform to anything and she's still uh very attractive uh even in a baggy t-shirt you know like you'd expect something you know kurt cobain would wear back Mm -hmm. back when he's performing and that she could still have that kind of presence because it's not an attempt to be attractive you just are through by sheer existence and and she's not I, i I feel like she's real small too. Like she's tiny. Mm-hmm. And like, once again, it's that voice coming from that. We, you mentioned it before the small package, big voice type mm-hmm. thing. And it just doesn't, sometimes that doesn't always translate when you're picturing something in your head and you have not seen that artist. You just heard it on a radio station or from your phone. Well, hopefully everyone has an, enjoyed our thoughts on who our favorite top 10 female artists are. Again, it, we have likely left out, I don't know, how many thousand of awesome female artists that Tons. there are out there that I would have just as well enjoyed to go over my top 100 female artists. But unfortunately, I think we would have lost your attention by then. Absolutely. And 10's a good number. It's not 20. We're learning. <laughs> yeah. Learning slowly. Yeah. 10, 10 works out well. And eventually we'll make some more lists about some other stuff too. And maybe we'll do 10, maybe we'll do 20, maybe we'll do five. But I think 10 leaves the discussion at a good length of time. And it gives us a chance to be very different. Because if you noticed, our lists between the two of us were pretty, pretty, pretty different. There wasn't very much even similarities between the two. No, no, we had almost no carryover, which is very surprising considering our previous list and how much crossover there was Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what will keep it interesting. We hope you'll uh, come back and listen to our, our next broadcast, which uh, we may have another list. We may have uh, something more substantial in terms of a uh, debate-worthy topic. We are still in the works of uh, several different things. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to round out the, the music conversations probably over the course of the next couple discussions and then we'll move on from there but this is kind of just a an easy way to get people chatting get us chatting about stuff now eventually one of the things that we're going to include 
is once you will see that you've downloaded our podcast and, and you will see that there is the option to comment and suggest different uh topics for discussion that we should have and we will definitely want to get your input on that and get some new ideas absolutely we're open to getting new ideas and discussions because we have our own but maybe our own isn't what you guys want to hear so that's why we want to get some suggestions all right well until next time we'll talk to you later pudding is delicious <laughs>